Well, good morning. It is wonderful to have you all here today, and it's good to have some special guests here. That's really good. Please turn me with me in the red hymnal to number 549, and we'll sing the doxology in the red hymnal, number 549, the doxology. Him number 648. Happy is he whose guilt is removed, whose sin is forgiven. Happy the man whom the Lord reckons no evil, whose spirit is free from guile. Then I told you my sin, I hid not my guilt. I said, I confess, O Most High, my transgressions, O Lord. As for you, you removed the guilt of my sin. Therefore, every saint prays unto you. When an army approaches or flood waters rise, he is not overtaken. You are my refuge. You protect me from danger. You surround me with shouts of triumph. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 452, Living for Jesus, a Life That is True. Hymn number 452. Give thyself for me. I owe no one. 
effects of some of the decisions that we make or in the decisions of others as well. But this morning I want to share with you as we prayed the prayer to receive Jesus Christ as Savior, is in that prayer it gives us the perspective that God wants to have about our lives. The scriptures that we've just read this morning gives us the perspective that God wants us to have. First of all, as we read the call to worship, the fact that you and I, we've all done things that are wrong, that we are ashamed of, that we feel guilty about. And the psalmist tells us that those things have been forgiven by God. And therefore, God is always with us. His forgiveness is always there. And because of what Christ has done for us on the cross, we are no longer accountable for those things because of Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection that gives us the eternal life and God's grace that gives us the forgiveness of the wrongs that we have done, our sin. And so consequently, within our own lives, our perspective needs to be that of heaven. And over the last couple of years, there's this whole idea of what your worldview is and what your worldview is supposed to be. In fact, I was watching a television show just yesterday and they were specifically talking about your worldview and what it represents and what you are supposed to say is your worldview as a follower of Jesus Christ. The scriptures gives us a heavenly view of what our life should be, not just a worldview, something far more important understanding what our life is and then what it's going to be. And I think if we understand what our life is going to be, then it should give us the correct perspective of what our life should be now. The way that we look at life should not be a worldview. The way we look at life should be a heavenly view. And that's very difficult for us to do, to have that perspective But yet the scriptures tell us that that's what we are to be thinking about. That we are not to have a worldview, but we are to have a heavenly view about things. And if we think about that just for a few moments, it gives us a total different perspective in how we look at our lives. Does it not? It should. And when we look at the heavenly view that God wants us to have, then we can see truth for what it truly is, what it truly represents, what it is supposed to be. The truth that God wants us to have in Christ. The truth that God wants us to understand of Christ's authority and where it resides right now for you and me. Earlier this week, One of our chaplains here had to do a memorial service for a member of our nursing staff that had died suddenly. She was only 40 years old. She left two twin daughters, five years old. The death was sudden. There was no preparation for it. There was no illness that was detected beforehand. And as the chaplain was sharing here in this chapel the memorial service for that nurse, he was very clear to make it understood that she was now with Christ. 
And there's reassurance in that when those types of tragedies seem to happen in our lives. To friends, family members, maybe people we only knew briefly or that we are aware of who they are, and we see those things happening. But then every once in a while we are reminded of the perspective that God wants us to have, which is that heavenly perspective. That doesn't take away the grief or the pain or the sadness or the tears. But it does represent the truth that you and I are supposed to have in our daily lives. It is to give us that perspective that as we see things in our lives, as we see the little things that happen that become so frustrating, when we have the right perspective, we truly see how meaningless they are. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to take care of my responsibilities or the duties that I have within the various positions that I am a part of or that I am in, but it gives me a perspective in terms of how I should handle those things. The truth about who I am. And yes, I get irritated. Yes, I get frustrated. Yes, I get impatient. But the Holy Spirit is always reminding me to be who I'm supposed to be and not who I am. And that gives us the truth that we're supposed to have, that heavenly view that God wants us to represent. And I would encourage you to set your minds on things that are above, because that is where the truth is that represents you and I. It doesn't absolve us of our responsibilities or our duties, but it gives us that understanding that God wants us to have. We see the truth that we are supposed to represent, and yet we know that it is imperfect. Just this week I had a birthday, and it turned out to be the big 6-0. And today our family is getting together to celebrate the big 6-0 for me. And I was actually thinking yesterday, what would I say, or at least what my thoughts were about today? And my thoughts come to this. I have not been a perfect Christian. I have not been a perfect husband. I have not been a perfect father. I have not been a perfect grandfather. I have not been a perfect chaplain. But yet, I have never stopped loving my God. I have never stopped loving my wife. I have never stopped loving my children. I have never stopped loving my grandchildren. I have never stopped loving my country. And those were my thoughts. Setting my mind on things that are above gives me that perspective that within my own imperfection, I see the truth that God wants me to represent and that is the love that he wants us to have. But yet sometimes my own imperfection and I would make the argument that probably your imperfections get in the same way, get in the same way of clouding the truth, of clouding our own judgments. But yet God says, 
There is no longer any judgment for you. There is no longer any judgment for me. And the truth is stated for us that we are dead in Christ and that our life is hidden in Christ and that it is a new life that you and I are supposed to live. And even within all of our imperfection, God wants us to continue to live that life as best as we possibly can. To live a life that is centered on Christ. To live a life that is with Christ in all things. And even with all of the imperfections that we have, our desire is to continue to try to obey the truth. The truth of what God's grace is for you and for me. And many times our attention gets diverted by the things of our own everyday lives. But there should be something that we do every day to try to return us back to the right perspective that God wants us to have. Perhaps it is a time of prayer. Perhaps it is certain music that you might listen to. Perhaps it is reading the scriptures. Perhaps it is just quietly thinking about God. But God wants us every day to have that heavenly view as we walk each day for God. And even though at times we might be overwhelmed by events, and we might be overwhelmed by tragedy, we might be overwhelmed by grief, God wants us to return to that heavenly view and perspective about all things. Because it provides for us the hope that God wants us to have. A couple of Sundays ago, I told you that I work for a senior officer, and he tells me that hope is not a plan. He's not saying not to have hope, but the hope that you have has to have something that goes along with it. And for us, as followers of Jesus Christ, the hope that we have in Christ goes along with the plan that God has for you and me every day to live for Him. So that truth about our relationship with Christ can be revealed. To share Christ with others when those opportunities come our way. Because then when we do that, we are truly saying to God, God, I have put away my earthly things. I put away the person that I used to be. I was reading something the other day, and many times as this author was restating this statement again and again, I thought about my own specific life as it had applied to me. And the author kept on making the statement that sometimes we need to put to death what we think spirituality in God is and seek the other way, the correct way of spirituality and what God is. Putting together and putting to death what we think God is versus what God truly is. Truly is in Christ truly represents who we are. And so the scriptures remind us again about that truth and how we are to apply it. The truth about our lives. To get rid of those things that create a false truth for us. That creates a false plan for us. That creates a false hope for us the things that we try to do 
on our own. And then the truth that God wants us to have, because we have to replace it with something. You and I, we do not like to have voids in our lives. When something is gone, we replace it with something else. That's just our psychological makeup. We do not like to have emptiness. We do not like to have voids. So when you go on the journey with God and you see a different view that God wants you to have, the heavenly view, you need to be ready to replace it with the view that you are giving up. Your worldview, Your personal view. Because when we replace it with God's heavenly view, we need to understand what it is. What is that plan? What is that truth? What is that hope that God wants us to have? And then we begin to apply it and we see that new plan, that new spiritual life that we thought could never be possible for us, the peace that we have, understanding of the forgiveness of the wrongs and the sins that we have done and applying it. And once again, it is not perfection. But yet we can honestly say that we have never stopped loving our God. We have never stopped loving what Christ has done for us on the cross. And we start with that hope and with that plan And then we see the other things, the other relationships that God wants us to love, that God wants us to care for. And then we see within our own personal lives how things begin to change, all for the good. We see how things are renewed in our lives because we begin a life that is living the way that God wants us to be, following Jesus Christ. And very slowly, God works on on us the things that he wants us to change to make us better. And then all of a sudden, we can sense that peace, even when there's times that we are frustrated and impatient. We can sense that peace when we are alone. A couple of weeks ago, I attended a seminar, and they were talking about the fact that solitude does not mean isolation. And I am a person that needs to have solitude. But it does not mean that I want to be isolated from my family or isolated from my friends or isolated from my God. On the contrary, I just need to have that time of solitude to put my life in the proper perspective so I can love the way that I should love, that I can care the way that I should care, that I can help others the way that I should be helping them. And that is a truth of myself. And perhaps your truth is very similar. Perhaps you've been trying to figure out, what should I do here? What should be my plan? What should be my hope? What is the truth that I'm supposed to represent about my life? And God tells us very clearly this morning that our perspective that we need to have, the truth that we need to represent, comes from our relationship with Christ as he sits on the right hand of God in heaven for you and I. So you and I can have that perspective to live the best life that we could possibly live. So as my hope and prayer 
that as we begin this day and this week, that we'll see the heavenly view that God wants us to have, the truth that God wants us to instill in our lives, and the truth that he wants to share with others. Amen. Let's take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion, and it is a public opportunity for us to identify with the heavenly perspective that God wants us to have. Let us pray. God, I am so thankful that you've brought us all here this morning to worship you, and Lord, I do not take for granted the relationships that I have, and Lord, I Do not take for granted the truth that you want me to represent. Lord, I would ask that you would forgive me and all of us here of the imperfections that we have, but also the realization of the presence of your Holy Spirit in our lives that we have never stopped loving and we have never stopped caring for those things that you have put in our lives. God, I would ask that you would forgive us as the psalmist has written for us our sin, our guilt, and all of that has been forgiven because of the grace and because of the cross. Lord, I just thank you that we can publicly do this together in remembrance. In Christ's name, amen.
Thank you for coming.